What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Appreciate everyone who's been tuning in for these podcasts as well as my live sessions. Everyone really seemed to enjoy the live session I just did on Wednesday night with Matt Beauvais from Channel 7. He's the sports director there. We talked some Sabres hockey. Seems like everyone really enjoyed that. It's gotten a ton of views, so I greatly appreciate that. Some really great insight. If you didn't get a chance to watch that, you can click on the IGTV section of my podcast page, which is at English Encore Podcast, all one word on Instagram. If you haven't given it a follow yet, I would greatly appreciate it. And today is the last day to enter my jersey giveaway. If you go on my page, you'll see the big blue screen for the picture that says jersey giveaway on it has Patrick Mahomes, Steph Curry, um, WNBA players, Messi, all those players. Um, all you have to do is follow my page, share that post to your story, tag at English Encore Podcast in the story, and then comment to people um, in the comments of the actual post. If both those people follow, you will be entered an additional two times for the jersey giveaway. I will be going live tomorrow at approximately 4 p.m. to do the jersey giveaway live. I'm going to be putting it into a random generator, showing you guys that I put everyone's names in, um, doing it randomly just so you can see that it's authentic and I didn't just pick a friend who entered, things of that nature to you know keep it real with you guys. Um, I'm not going to be having an actual guest uh, tomorrow or Sunday because I had Matt on a Wednesday, but I will be having a guest next week, so stay tuned for that. And then, of course, I'll be back on Monday with another episode. So for today's episode, we'll be talking about the Jets-Seahawks trade with Jamal Adams and kind of going through both sides and who I feel won the trade. Then I'm going to be talking about what the NFL no- or needs to be taking notes on from the NHL, NBA, and MLB for their season coming up. And then finally, with hockey starting back up, I'm talking about the three storylines to kind of watch throughout the playoffs. Starting off with the Jets-Seattle trade, so Jamal Adams finally got his wish and he was traded to the Seattle Seahawks. The exact trade is the Jets received safety Bradley McDooland, uh, 2021 first-round pick, 2022 first-round pick, and a 2021 third-round pick. The Seattle Seahawks received safety Jamal Adams and a 2022 fourth-round pick. So right off the bat, I think a lot of people thought the Jets won the trade because of the draft capital. Um, Just going through the positives for the Jets, as I just mentioned, they received a ton of draft picks. The more draft picks you have, the better chance you have at getting, you know, better players for your roster, especially having two first-round picks for the next couple of years. Um, They got rid of a, you know, bad locker room guy, as many people would say, in Adams, who had been making it known that he didn't like Adam Gase or the front office. So he's out of there now. And then you also end up saving some cap space because you know Jamal Adams was going to covet a huge deal. Now you get to save that and spend it on some younger players when you draft them as well as when Sam Darnold and other young players like that are due up for contract. Um, The negatives to the trade is obviously you're giving away an all-pro safety. Um, it, It makes your defense 10 times worse. You know, the only great player on your defense right now is probably C.J. Mosley. Not to say that McDougal is not a good player from Seattle. Like, he's a very good um, 
safety, but he's not a top 10 safety like Jamal Adams, even top three safety um, like Jamal Adams. Is. He could even You could make an argument he's the best safety in the NFL. Um, you're probably going to be getting low draft picks because Seattle's going to be good, so you're going to probably be picking between 25 and 32. Um, and then you're you're in a weird spot for NFL drafting for the next couple of years because with college football being in flux and potentially not having a season or playing in the spring and having potential stars opting out and then just going to the draft, there's going to be a lot of potential draft day bust because you're just not going to have the film you need on certain players. Um, so does having two first round picks help? Yes. But if one of those first-round picks ends up being a huge bust and it's the Seattle pick, then really you just gave away Adams for nothing. And with Adam Gase in the front office they've had just based on the picks they've made, especially from a person who's a Bills fan's perspective, um, I hope Adam Gase is the Jets head coach forever, just the way he's coached and the way they've drafted over the past two, three years. Um, the Jets haven't shown the ability to draft high-end talent that's, you know, been great from day one I know Sam Darnold has a ton of potential I don't not really sure about their offensive line pick this year they waited super long on a wide receiver didn't really help him at all so um, those are the positive negatives from the Jets perspective from Seattle's perspective your defense just got great you're a Super Bowl contender now um, I think they were right there as being a contender but they're still under teams like the Packers the 49ers um even a team like the Saints as well. And you're getting an elite safety, almost bringing back like the Legion of Boom when you had Richard Sherman, Camp Chancellor, all those guys. Now you have Adams to go along with a great corner like Griffin on their team and a great defensive line, especially if they can bring back Jadavion Clowney. Um, from a negative perspective, obviously you're giving up draft picks. You're not really helping Russell Wilson too much on the offense side of the ball. I still think they need to give him some more weapons. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are great. Um, Will Disley was good when he did get a chance to play. He was hurt most of the year. And then the running backs, they have a lot of good ones, but it's, I feel like it's not really consistent. It's kind of just running back by committee. So he could still use some more offensive help. I know they like to bring back Josh Gordon potentially. but um, And then having to pay him could also be seen as a negative just because you're going to have to be paying Russell Wilson when his contract comes up in a few years as well. So you're going to have a ton of money locked up just between those two players in general, but those two players alone could set you on a way to win a Super Bowl. So um, from my perspective, I think Seattle wins the trade. And the only reason I'm truly saying that, it's not even because I'm a Bills fan, it's just because of Adam Gase and their front office. If Adam Gase was not there and I saw better picks out of their front office, I would say Seattle won this trade easily, um, depending on how their couple first round and second round picks go this year. I might change my mind on that. But until I see more improvement, I'm going to give the nod to Seattle just because I know Pete Carroll is going to use Adams right, and I already know that they're an elite team. So that would be my opinion on that. And then continuing talking about the NFL, so with MLB starting, NBA, NHL, all kind of going on now, um, the NFL really needs to be taking notes if they truly want their season to happen. The NBA and NHL have done an extremely great job 
in their bubble so far, having zero COVID tests over the past two to three times doing it. You know, they're really cracking down on players who are breaking the rules as well, especially in the NBA. You have to take note about what they're doing during pregame, things of that nature as far as um, movements go. Are you going to allow players to change the names on the back of their jerseys? Are you going to allow helmet decals, which I believe the NFL said they will do? Um, they also talked about putting um, stuff on the back of the end zones, which I think is great. But people are getting a little bit concerned because of the MLB currently with the Phillies and Marlins pretty much canceling a ton of their games because of players getting COVID. Um, so the biggest takeaway for the NFL, I think that they need to really truly consider um, especially with training camp starting to come up. You saw the Bills yesterday um, sent their rookies home because they had five positive tests. I think it was three players and two staffing members, but and a few other players tested positive around the league as well. But I think it's the NFL truly needs to consider a bubble system because you look at the MLB, and the biggest reason I think why you're seeing a spike in COVID cases, and for the most part, I think outside of Philly and Miami, you've had – haven't really had a lot of cases but it is because you are doing a decent amount of traveling and if the nfl can cut down on traveling and do bubble cities i think that would really help them and the way i would think it would work the best as far as a bubble format goes is you have to pick about eight cities to play games i would probably choose the dome cities um like indianapolis dallas those places and then you might choose a place like, you know, Tampa or something just because you already have NBA down there in their bubble and stuff. But um, I would start each division in one city. You play your six games right off the bat against your division opponents, which I know could be very unbeneficial because the six game stretch at the beginning of the season is kind of make or break for a lot of teams. And I feel like most times you face your division opponents three of your first like six seven weeks and then usually it's your last three or four weeks i think it would just make it easier from a travel perspective if you did your six conference games right in a row then you played four games first year next afc or nfc opposite division opponents so for example the bills play the afc west so those two divisions would meet up in one bubble city and play their games for the course of four weeks then everyone gets a bye week after those 10 games are played total. You come back, you play your opposite conference division. So for the Bills, we play the NFC West in Seattle, Arizona, the Rams, 49ers. So all those teams would go into one bubble city. And then you're probably going to have to do a little bit of traveling because of the last two games are usually against one AFC, one NFC. You're kind of just going to have to work that out and put the teams in a proper bubble. You could also do facing the opposite um, division opponent first and then doing your division games. You could always switch things around. This is kind of just, I just wrote this up. And then you do two cities for the playoffs, one for the AFC, one for the NFC. You can do games Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then you could still potentially keep Tampa for the Super Bowl. And the idea is, as the season progresses, hopefully things are going to continue to get better and you can open up travel a little bit more. That's why I put the last two games against the opposite teams or the other teams that you're not facing outside your division because that's probably going to be your biggest travel concern. And it'd be very hard to do bubble cities when you have 
so many teams playing different places. I'm sure you could obviously work that out. But for the NFL, they really have to take a lot of notes here about what goes right, what goes wrong, taking into account things that none of these leagues maybe have considered yet and are going to face um, in the upcoming future. Right now, I think the NBA and NHL have done a spectacular job. The MLB has done an okay job. We saw just yesterday that they approved they're going to start doing double headers, and I think the big reason for that is to cut down on travel, get more games played, which I think is actually a very smart idea on the part of the MLB. So um, those are just thing, a few things that I wanted to point out the NFL needs to be watching, and I definitely think bubble needs to be considered just based on how the other leagues have been going so far. And then finally for today, talking about the NHL, since the playoffs are just going to be starting up here very shortly. Um, the three storylines to follow, obviously there's a lot more than just three, but the three that I'm going to pay attention to the most, starting off with the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, they just have a lot going on between this could potentially be their last run as a core group together. Talk about Crosby and Malkin both getting up there in age. They've made their cup runs. They've kind of been bounced out of the playoffs now for the last three to four years. They haven't really made a huge, deep playoff run. You can tell that they want to make a playoff run just based on their acquisition of Jason Zucker and some other players that are getting Jake Gensel back as well. But the big story in Pittsburgh is the goalie situation. Are you going to roll with Tristan Jari or are you going to roll with Matt Murray? And I was listening to a Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase and they had um, the person from Lockdown Penguins and his gut feeling is they're going to roll with Matt Murray based on the fact he's already gotten you to the Stanley Cup and won one for you. He's the more experienced guy as far as playoffs are concerned. But he's also had the worst season. Jari, on the other hand, went to the NHL All-Star game and has had outstanding years. He's younger. He has more upside. So the way he described it was they're going to roll with Matt Murray because Mike Sullivan just likes to go with the veteran guy. And then he thinks there'll be a quick trigger if Murray does not play well. Then the next thing I really want to see is Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid's an electrifying player. He's the best player in the NHL right now, in my opinion. Now it's going to be, can he carry his team to a deep playoff run? They have a few other good pieces with Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um, their goaltending's a little skeptical. They have the physical presence in Zach Cassian. But the last time we saw Connor McDavid in the playoffs, he was just a young buck. Um, he probably didn't really know what he was doing, but now he's getting up there. He's with Eichel and those other guys like Austin Matthews being in his fourth, fifth year in the NHL, and he's almost like a young veteran. And he's going to have to carry this team um, against a very good Western Conference opponent. I'm very interested to see how far he can take this team with the limited talent in secondary scoring and not great goalie play. Can they make a run to the cup um, with this pandemic going on and the playoffs the way it is it's possibility do I think they're going to get there no do I think they can make a run to the West Conference Finals absolutely um McDavid's just a terrific player and he makes everyone around him better I really think for the Oilers it's all going to come down to can they get the goaltending they need to win games because I think McDavid is going to be able to produce um one to two you know goals on the board for you every game whether that's scoring or assisting on it um, so it's really going to be on the secondary part for them and then finally I think the biggest storyline from a lot of people's perspective is can Tampa finally get over that hump 
Last year, they got swept out of the first round by Columbus. Um, years before that, they couldn't get past teams like Boston. Um, they just they've dealt with some injuries, but really, there's no excuses now. Um, most of their guys are healthy. It looks like Steven Stamkos is going to be a go. Kucherov's fine. Braden Point's fine. Based on their game the other night, the team looked great. They blew out um, the team that they played five to one, and you know they have one of the best goaltenders in the NHL and Andre Vasilevsky. They have good defensemen and Victor Hedman. Um, they just have a lot of veteran presence. Now it's just time to put it all together and make that run. You know, Steven Stamkos is another guy that's getting up there in age. You're going to have to continue to pay guys like Kucherov and point down the line. You're not going to be able to keep this group of guys together forever. The Anthony Sorellis of the world, the Tyler Johnsons of the world have to step up and truly help you in this playoff run. And in that second and third defensive pairing, I know they have Zach Bogosian, who they got from Buffalo. I don't know how much he's going to play, but those guys are going to play some huge minutes for them once they get to the Bostons and the Washington Capitals of the world in the Eastern Conference, and then eventually a team potentially like Colorado in the Stanley Cup. Um, those teams are all very, very deep, and sometimes I think Washington, or excuse me, Tampa relies way too much on their top guys to carry them and then when they get deep into games um, those second third lines aren't as good and you saw that last year and I think the key to beating Tampa is you just got to pressure them all game they don't like to play that physical game they're very much up and down the ice get as much scoring opportunities as they can so it's gonna be interesting to see who they get matched up with I think a team like Philadelphia could actually cause them some problems just based on the way that they play um, as well so those are the three storylines I'm going to be watching. I'm just really happy that sports in general are back. Um, that's pretty much going to do it for today's episode. A little bit of a shorter one. Um, my voice is a little bit hoarse today. I don't really know why, but I apologize for that. Like I said before, today is the last chance to answer a jersey giveaway. Follow me on Instagram at English Encore Podcast. You can go. Uh, it's four posts ago. You'll see it. It says jersey giveaway right on it. Um, you can look at the rules. There's a little you can swipe over the second picture of that post and it gives you all the rules you need to follow do that for a chance to win any jersey that you want um, i'll be doing that tomorrow at 4 p.m on my live so tomorrow morning i'm going to get up and go through make sure you know put everyone's names in go through see what people they tagged follow the page get all those people in for three entries thank them for helping me out um, hopefully going to be getting some merchandise soon so stay tuned for that like I said, no live session because I had one on Wednesday with Matt Beauvais. If you want to check that out, again, click on the IGTV section. You can watch any of the other live sessions I've had. My Spotify link is in the description. And please check out my new logo that just dropped um, after celebrating one year doing podcasting. I greatly appreciate all the support, everyone. Thank you for you know staying with me for over a year. And I can hope to continue bringing you guys some great content. It's been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. Stay safe, everyone.